This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of Country Not Country. My name is Nick Russo, and we are back with another episode. As promised today, we're going to release the Sam Hunt interview from a couple of weeks ago. As you know, he was in the Woodlands about two weeks ago on a Friday night. It was his Summer on the Outskirts tour. Brett Young, Lily Rose both opened up that show, and it was really great from cover to cover. And I'm always amazed to see the different styles of fans at different styles of country music artists if that makes sense because you know if you go to a cody jinx show or if you go to a jelly roll show who's coming here in a couple weeks you go to one of those shows and the fans just look completely different than if you go to a sam hunt show right first thing i gotta say ladies you guys are keeping you ladies are keeping sam hunt in business let me tell you there were so many i feel like it was like 90 percent women at the sam hunt show but that makes sense because he sings a lot of romantic songs and songs about relationships so it adds up i've actually been a huge fan of sam hunt for quite some time for me i found him around when he released his version of cop car he was on soundcloud he talks about that during our interview as well um i don't always get to talk to my favorite artist sam hunt is probably one of my favorite artists i think it's because of the montevallo album it was really really great like i like i said i was following him in the between the pines or beyond the pines time it's been a long time forget exactly what it's called but again we talk about it in the interview but during his montevallo days when that song came out house party and leave the night on that entire album was just so good cover to cover it turned me into a huge fan of sam hunt so getting to talk to him was was a benchmark for me in my career because i don't always get to talk to my favorite stars i don't also get to see them all the time i get to go to a lot of shows but i don't always get to see the full band shows from my favorites so that was pretty cool the way kind of concerts work for me anyways is usually i got to get there kind of early there's usually some tickets i got to grab for winners or there might be some sort of backstage experience we gave away i got to go there early to make sure we get everything squared away i used to be able to park in this little garage and they would just let me but I would have to tell my work for the bull and they'd be really cool about it. Well, they weren't as cool about it two times ago. So now I just park in this secret little parking spot that I found. So it's kind of off of six pines and timber lock. I think it's like in a little parking lot that might be a bank or something. And since it's closed, they let us park there. Either way, I feel like I've hit the jackpot on parking spots in the woodlands. It's an easy walk to the uh, amphitheater and for the Sam Hunt show, actually, because let me just say, the people at the Cynthia Woods Mitchell Pavilion, the workers there, they are some of the most strict workers I've ever, ever experienced. You know, and kudos to them for taking their job seriously and making sure that, you know, people go to their appropriate seats and they don't get run over. Because I think that's the main reason they're so strict is because they don't want to get run over by the fans, which, you know, fans can be kind of unruly at times. But 
they were super strict at the Sam Hunt show. Um, you couldn't walk down the aisle if you didn't have the ticket for that aisle. You had to go all the way around, which I understand. It's their rules. Not hating on them. Just saying. It was a little strict. But uh, we got there a little bit early, and I got to go hang out backstage in the radio room. That's this room that they set aside for the radio programmers and people from the radio station to go hang out, have some drinks, and then hang out with the artists. It's a way for us to kind of get some FaceTime, which, by the way, is the coolest thing about country music. You don't get that in a lot of other genres um, when the artist comes in. Because like when Drake comes to town, he's not stopping by the radio station, and very unlikely chance that the radio station is going to go backstage with him unless they were already friends. Pop stars just don't really do that. Country stars, they always do it. They always make time for radio and their fans which is why it is so special actually and so we went back to the radio room and lily rose was the first artist to come hang out with us lily rose is one of the coolest people ever i mean she's just pure energy pure passion for music she was raised in like a radio environment her dad i believe was a radio programmer so she was always in radio stations so having that sort of like leg up on everyone else gives her a really cool advantage particularly when she's hanging out with the radio people because she knows us like she grew up with one and her music is just just so special she played a song with diplo was incredible i, I freaking loved it and it was the first time i'd heard it because i have a hard time venturing off into other you know styles of music at times unless i'm really confronted with it but her song villain to this day one of my favorite songs that message woo wee i could be the hero you could be the hero i could be the villain whatever you want it to be man that 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 is like the the quintessential end of a relationship i'm at peace with no matter what you say or do and no matter what i do i'm okay with it because i know i made these decisions um i love that song and if you go to my instagram page the king nick russo you can see a quick video of her singing that so then brett young came out and now I've I've seen Brett Young probably three times in the last year, shaking hands, taking pictures. I've heard him sing three times in the last year. The first two times it was acoustic only, it was just him and a guitar. Which, by the way, extra special. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Will you ever get the chance to hear an acoustic performance from Brett Young? By all means, take advantage of it. He's got one of the best voices. His voice is literally an instrument. It's really, really talented. He was at 10 Man Jam. He put on an incredible show. He sang, had the whole crowd singing in case you didn't know, which, by the way, is one of one of five songs 
that's gone diamond. I, I, like he has some of the most, one of the most listened to songs of all time is Brett Young's. In case you didn't know, and in case you didn't know, it really is. Go look it up. You can find the stats for yourself. But so I, that was my first time hearing Brett sing with a full band. And dude, let me tell you, I was I was blown away. I I, I I've always blown away by his voice and his music, but hearing it with the full band, seeing him on stage, yes, he was barefoot, and he's just got such an incredible voice, got great stage presence, and everyone, all the fans are locked in. He can sing those gut wrenching, heartbreaking songs, and we just eat it up, can't get enough of it. So, and you also forget how many hits that Brett Young has, songs that we love and know. I, I I always forget until I'm at the show. And then Sam Hunt came on stage, and he was he was re- really great. The only time I've ever seen him actually was at rodeo, and then another time I saw him in 2014, Ten Man Jam. He played the after party, which that was my first Ten Man Jam, and I probably had a lot of whiskey that night, Maker's Mark and Coke, I believe, is what I was drinking. And I remember quite a bit of Sam Hunt's performance, but. Mostly just the chaos backstage around him coming to the stage, and we were kind of hanging backstage and got real crowded, and then he came, goes on stage, so we go to the side stage, and we we're all kind of buzzed. I got one grainy video from my cell phone at the time, and I think at that time it was like iPhone 4, maybe, so the video is not that great. You can barely hear him singing, but... Uh, this was the first full band up-close show I got to see a Sam Hunt. Straight-up entertainer. It just comes natural to him. He will, he'll talk about that in the interview about his stage presence. He says it doesn't come natural to him, but watching him on stage, that dude seemed comfortable as it gets, but maybe he's just been doing it for so long now. He can just, it's like riding a bike, but he sounded great. The music was great. The band was awesome. The visuals were incredible. He had this incredible bridge when he sang water under the bridge. He like tied himself onto the bridge and then the bridge rises. So he's like hanging up and then the, the video wall behind him is water. So it looks like he's like the water is rolling underneath him while he's singing pretty damn cool so uh hats off to sam hunt hats off to brett young and lily rose that was a a really really great show and if you are listening to this podcast i really appreciate you make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so you can get updates whenever uh, we post a new episode and i say we i post another episode as you know uh tori espervoa was my former co-host before that it was aaron austin and again I've, i've talked about this in the last episode about how much you know, I've always wanted to start a podcast, but just kind of talking about nothing or talking about my talking about myself or just talking to myself has always been kind of weird. Um, even though I'm comfortable with it, you know what they used to say? They used to always tell me that if you sit and talk to, by yourself, that you'll eventually go crazy. And radio is kind of wild when you think about it, because we always sit in rooms by ourselves. There's padded walls and we talk to ourselves, but there's always someone listening. So I appreciate you listening to this podcast. It really means a lot to me. I'm going to keep it going. Maybe one day we'll bring back a co-host. Maybe one day Tori will come back or Aaron will come back, or maybe it'll be an all new co-host, or maybe I'll just run this forever by myself. Either way, I'm thankful that you listen and I really appreciate it. Um, if there's ever a topic you want me to cover or a question you want to ask, um, I could probably talk about it all day. So just uh, send me a DM, send me a message. Let me know what it is uh, you'd like to hear me talk about. Uh, today is actually Houston's 187th birthday. So not sure if you know or not, but in 1836, a guy named Augustus Allen and his brother, Kirby Allen, founded Houston. They bought it for $1.40 per square acre. That is wild. 
20 dollars would have got you 20 acres you kidding me that's a pretty great deal but that's why we have kirby drive allen parkway that's the history behind houston and i thought before i aired the sam hunt interview i would kind of tell my story of what houston means to me and how i got to houston and how why i'm still here and um all that good stuff so growing up in goliad which is about an hour and a half southwest of here i used to visit my dad here in houston all the time i would come here during the summers and this is where i would hang out play golf um went to the had my first drink i believe here at sam houston uh, i probably shouldn't say that uh, yeah so i had my first drink here in houston um and you know my dad gave it to me and i had a lot of firsts in houston um my first hole in one was at an old golf course called world houston used to be by the airport off of greens road it was a really great course had 27 holes really good time um and then um, after graduating high school from Goliad, I went to Corpus Christi, got into radio, then I went to San Antonio, then in 2014, a job opened up here in Houston, and I applied for it, didn't get it, but I did get a part-time job here, so I moved to Houston, I lived with my aunt and uncle in Cyprus, big shout out to Ruben, Martha, Oscar Cantu, thank you so much for uh, your hospitality, I stayed there for a few months so I could get my feet underneath me, and my first job here was actually doing weekends on the bull, and at the time, it was hot 95.7, so I did weekends on both stations, Saturday and Sunday, so I would do one shift, and i walk across the hall and do the other shift, and I did that for a couple weekends before we got a new morning show on the bull, that's when George Moe joined the team, and they became the morning bull, and I was doing the morning show at the time. I was the producer. So I was just turning on the microphone for the previous hosts. And then I would still do my weekend shows as well. So I was working Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. Well, I'd wake up at 4, but I'd work 5 a.m. to 9 or 10 a.m. And then I would go work 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. or 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. on 95.7. That went on for like 120 days. That was one of my favorite things about my beginning here in Houston is that I was on the radio every day for like 120 some odd days and I didn't have a day off like but it was okay I was part-time so it didn't matter to me about how much I was working and let me just tell you being on the radio is so much fun so getting to talk on the radio in Houston was just adrenaline rush after adrenaline rush which I still feel to this day but that's kind of how I got my start so I was doing weekends and producing the morning show then we got our official new morning show and then I went to the night show of the bull and I was doing seven to midnight I had a couple features one was called the love barn I really liked it was from 11 to 12 basically we would do like romantic dedications and shout outs and then we'd play a love song and I got it from an idea I had in Corpus Christi when I did the Love Hour, and the Love Hour was all dedications, and that show came long before I got there, so I was just kind of moving along the heritage of the Love Hour. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a Realtor can make all the difference, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. And we would get phone calls from 
like people in prison or people whose loved ones were in prison, particularly their significant others. And if we ever put the address out, the prisoners would write us letters. And then sometimes I would read those letters back. And so there were a couple like regulars, people who always called. And, you know, just being really honest, like it was kind of funny to people on the outside looking in because the people usually had a heavy accent and their version of love and loss and relationships and missing someone sounded a little funny compared to the way you know culture would say it right like it was just, it, they were just a little more urban you know they they used their their names from the hood like there was one girl named little sad eyes and she would always make a dedication to her her boyfriend i think his name was Tito, and he was in a juvenile detention center, but he was able to listen to the radio, so she was able to make those dedications, and they would keep their relationship alive through those dedications, and while some people would find humor in it, I always remembered, man, Nick, this is someone's love. Like, you can't laugh at other people's love. Like, that's their love, and if that's the way they express it, and that's the way they feel it, then that's the way it comes out. Well, that's awesome. Like, and I always felt really lucky to kind of be an intermediary between people and their loved ones and the messaging between because you kind of get caught up in that love as well so it's good karma to spread the love from one person to the next and getting to be that middle person was a really cool time so anyways i really enjoyed that so i brought the love barn to the bull and that was like years 2015 through 2017 maybe a little bit before 2017 and then i got into um, then I got, I started doing afternoon drive. I started doing PM drive on the bull. That was 3 PM to 7 PM. And I've been doing that now for close to six years. It's hard to believe it's been that long, but uh, that's been my journey here in Houston. And I, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't change a single thing. Houston's been so incredible to me. And I think it's because of my approach, because when I was in Corpus Christi, I was on a really great radio station, had a lot of notoriety in different clubs and bars, and I had a pretty good name in the town. And when I moved to San Antonio, I thought it was just going to translate. I thought that going to San Antonio, I was just immediately people were going to love me, know my name, and they were going to hype me up. And I was going to be this hotshot DJ that moved from Corpus to San Antonio. And it just didn't work that way. And having to to kind of deal with that sort of reality probably put me in one of the worst times of my life uh if i'm being honest it was just uh it was just a challenging time because everything i thought was wasn't and everything i thought wasn't was and that was just a tough tough place for me but ultimately i i learned a lot in san antonio my daughter she uh came into my life in san antonio which I, I was kind of waffling back and forth on whether I wanted to tell that story or not, but I think I might tell that story today before the interview. So I've never actually shared online my my daughter's story and how you know how my life changed with her and anything about her mom really. I've never really shared anything about that publicly, and that was mainly to protect everybody involved. I just didn't want her mom to get any of the attention off of it. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean it in like a protector privacy sort of way because I've always lived my life pretty publicly in social media and I didn't want her to be subjected to any sort of judgment whatsoever. And I guess since I'm already into it, I'll tell you. So um, her mom and I met in 2012, 2012 late 2012 we started seeing each other late 2012 that's when we go no it's 2013 had to be 2013 beginning of 2013 somewhere in there and we were seeing each other for quite some time around the middle of the year towards the end you know getting close to fall i think we decided that we weren't going to see each other anymore thing you know the relationship just really hadn't blossomed into uh, you know what i really wanted personally i can only speak for myself and uh, a few weeks after 
the relationship was over. I we found out that she was pregnant, and then about three months later, I lost my job in San Antonio. So I she was four months pregnant. I didn't have a job, and I needed to figure something out. So I did the only thing I know how to do. And anytime I'm at a rock bottom in my life, I've always just turned to God and went to church and started going all the time. So it was uh, coming up on Easter, and I'd already applied for the job in Houston, but I hadn't got it yet. I just got a bunch of no and had you know i was calling every week to try and um check up on the job to hopefully get the job and i was you know spending time with her mom when i could and trying to see her and hang out with her so there were moments that we shared where you know i got to see you know my daughter Catherine kicking and um it, it was odd it was one of those things where when i would talk she would start kicking then when i would stop she would stop kicking and so we always felt like she could hear my voice and i always thought that was pretty special and pretty awesome memory of mine but you know, I, I still didn't have a job. Uh, the pregnancy was moving along and then I got the job and it was in April that I moved here. And then about a month later, May 14th, um, excuse me, May 25th, my, my daughter was born and, um, and it was, it was, it was a life changing event. I just honestly, um, I, 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 I had this dream the day she was born actually, um, it was the most vivid dream I'd ever had in my life because I wasn't there at the hospital. But in my dream, and I can still see it in my head, it was like this baby's face. And and it was kind of like the ultrasound image in my head. That's what I remember the dream looking like. It was like a face. But then the face turned real. And I woke up like I have a cold sweat. I was like, whoa, that that felt that felt crazy. Like, what was that? And uh, a couple hours later, I got the phone call that Catherine had been born. And so... So that was a, a you know really great moment for me and also really sad because I couldn't be there and I was here in Houston I was working these crazy hours at the time like I just talked about and you know the I, I wanted to get there as soon as I could so I went down a, a couple weeks later I think I saw her at um, just a few days old for the first time and I'll, I'll always remember that big shout out to my buddies Mike and Raymond they gave me a place in San Antonio where we could all meet and hang out and uh, her mom brought her by and I'll never forget it my life changed you know um, they and uh, one of my co-workers Landry Locker just had a baby and he and his wife just welcomed a baby to the world and I, I he'd kind of been on I guess he was on paternity leave I, I don't really know how that works but I saw him in the hallway and I told him I was like hey man what's it like what, what, what do you think the first couple days are like first couple weeks and you know he kind of shared his thoughts and i said isn't it kind of crazy how the natural instinct of parenting just kind of shows up like you don't really know what to do but you kind of actually do know what to do it's i think that's one of the coolest parts about being a dad is um the natural part of it that just shows up you don't you don't even know that you have it until you're forced to use it and then the whole idea of you know, you'll never love again after you have a kid. Like that is the truth. Like, and, and how the answer is always, almost always. Yes. Like, Hey, Catherine needs this. Okay. Done. Like there's almost no question. There's no time for debate. There's no, there's no question for reason. And so needless to say, my daughter is uh, now nine years old, which is just so crazy to think. And she uh, still lives in San Antonio. She's in fourth grade and she's healthy. She's happy. She's beautiful. She's got so much uh, intelligence and energy and she's just a, a joy to be around. So um, I'm 
always looking for a chance to go to San Antonio to hang out with her. It's tougher sometimes than others, but uh, but that yeah, that's the story about you know my daughter and her mom and me and how it all came about. And I've never really shared that before, but I figured if you listened to 18 minutes of this podcast and you made it this deep, that you probably took a little bit of interest in that story. So I appreciate you uh, listening again to this podcast, Country Not Country. This is episode two, season three, and I think it's time for me to uh, toss it on over to the Sam Hunt interview. So I'll set it up for you. I interviewed Sam Hunt about a week before he came to town. He came to town not last Friday, the Friday before. So this interview is about three weeks old. And we talk about the humble beginnings of when he was first trying to get discovered and get his music heard to other questions I have about his album. And I got to ask some really honest questions. He gave me some really, really great answers. And there's even one part about his song, which is called Drinking Too Much, which is the last song on his Southside album. And at the very end, well, let me say through the whole song, you can tell he's made some mistakes while drinking by the way he's now sober has been for quite some time so shout out to sam hunt on the sobriety love that for you brother love that for your family and so in that song clearly he's talking about drinking and he actually sounds drunk in some of the pieces but and it sounds like the end of a relationship but at the very end of the song it kind of fades out and then you hear a piano come in you hear these notes really slowly played and I always thought maybe it was amazing grace but when I first heard it I thought to myself wow this is this 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 means they made it this means they make it I was so excited because that song sounded like that relationship was done but that last little piece made me feel like they made it which if you do know and follow Sam Hunt you know that he did in fact make it with his wife they went through a really tough time they got two babies now and he's they're doing awesome so uh Kudos to Sam Hunt for making it through the tough times. And maybe that's kind of a theme of this podcast, making it through tough times, because we always will. And so, uh, again, thanks to Sam Hunt for taking the time. And we will pick up this interview from the moment I answer the phone, and we'll let it roll. Thanks for listening to Country Not Country. Hey, Nick. This is Sam Hunt. Hello, Sam Hunt. How are you doing, my man? Good, man. How are you? I'm good, brother. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Um, Yep. Do you have me? Yeah, I got you perfect, man. I uh okay, cool. I, I just want to tell you, man, uh I've had the chance to tell you hi a couple times. This is the first chance I've ever had to interview. I'm pretty stoked. I've been a huge fan since the Between the Pines era, the Montevallo album is oh, top ten cool. all time favorite. Um and so I got wow. a few music related questions that I think you're the only one who can answer. So we'll talk about uh some music uh, real quick and then we'll talk about the single and the tour if that's cool with you. Yeah, that's perfect. Sounds right, good. Thanks, man. So yeah, you're welcome, dude. So uh, so when I go back to the Between the Pines acoustic, you know, the I, I never really understood what was happening around you at that time. And I always had a lot of questions. Like, were you independent? Were you signed at that time? And like, what was going on in your life as you were recording and releasing that music? Yeah, I had been, um, I had been writing songs and trying to put together a project of my own for a little while. Um, I wasn't signed uh, to a record deal at that point. And I was following the traditional path um, uh, you know, at that point trying to get a record deal and it wasn't really working. So, um, you know, just like trying to write music and hold the music, not put anything out until I got a record deal. And then one day my producer and I were talking about it and we were like, man, we should just put this music out the way that a lot of these underground hip hop guys do. And they, uh, on the, on SoundCloud or on the internet. And, um, I don't think the, the internet had really been tapped into and in, from the country in the country market quite yet. Um, so it was a, a new and, kind of uncharted territory but um that was kind of the approach we just said you know we don't have the budget for a big full-blown record but we've got 
some mics and acoustic guitars and uh we can figure out drums and we just put it together pretty bare bones right there uh at my buddy's house wow man i love this because I, I it was it was wild because like when you came onto my radar it was like you know house party leave the night on and the montevallo album I'm, i mean i've been listening before but i say the radio radar right the radio radar you came in with those songs and so i was kind of like man what was happening because montevallo was just such a grand slam too man like i like i said i i still go back and listen to it cover to cover um now moving to the south side album i felt like this was one of your most personal um albums ever you um you kind of had the quote unquote radio fun type songs but there were some that you dove into more like your poetic side and your more personal side um in the song drinking too much at the very very end there's that chord progression and i'm i've always wanted to ask you man what is that and why why was that special to you and um what what was the end of that record for yeah that was um you know i, I wanted to uh end the song on a redemptive note um and so the uh chords or the little melody that's played at the end was uh, uh how great thou art um and uh, just wanted that to sort of reflect the light at the end of the tunnel, I guess you could say. Yeah. And, um, and then I had, um, uh, Hannah, who's now my wife. She, she actually played the little part there. Um, just, you know, I, I didn't, I wanted her to sign off on, on that song, you know, um, Man. because it, it was a little more personal. So that was sort of the idea behind that. Dude, ending. It, it felt like a Easter egg, man. Like if you, if you waited long enough, you got this like other, you got this, it, it, cause I got hope from it, from that piece was like this sort of like the drinking too oh. much song was this sort of like, man, kind of like, kind of like a confessional, if you will. And then, and then you had this sort of like, it's all going to be okay. Like that was kind of what I yeah. got from of it. 100 i'm glad that's that's sort of the, the point behind it i was hoping to, to just to leave the song on a on a positive note and, and like you said the little bit of hope if, if nothing else just the feeling of hope at the end there um i wanted to express so uh that's cool to hear that yeah man that's why i love your music man i feel like uh your music is kind of an avenue of explaining yourself more accurately in personal relationships is that fair to say yeah i, I think so I, at least i like to be able to get that out sometimes you know not not necessarily always like you said I, there are songs that that i'm you know are just fun ideas that i'm trying to write a fun song or uh or an idea that maybe i don't um am not as personally invested in um but you know there i like to blend it you know for sure when i especially zoom out and look at the the larger body of work so there are those moments where um you know that, that where i am maybe a little more little more honest and and literal um, at times well i think that's what the fans really love about you man and that's always been the common vein in your music um and that kind of brings us into outskirts where you kind of get right back to that sweet spot of yours and the way you kind of reminisce and reflect at the same time of what you really want um is it fair to say that you really love the music but the fame and attention you could kind of do without yeah i think that, that that's fair to say i appreciate i definitely appreciate the um interest in my music um i think uh I, I don't it's not as natural for me to be um an, an entertainer i guess you could say so i really enjoy writing the songs and recording the songs but when it comes to uh performing them live or i guess personifying like the the, the character that is singing these songs you know um like in public i guess is is because they're it's a tricky thing because it's like you're almost sort of like you're in a mood 
like playing little roles in little mini movies and in the songs and uh they don't it's not necessarily who you actually are you know in, in real life so you're engaged you engage with people sort of as the character from the songs a little bit sometimes and it's kind of takes a minute to feel comfortable you know Told in you, those man, in the, man I, I love i love to get that from you too man because that because I, I think it's 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 just kind of validating that sometimes you, you kind of watch a world and you kind of think you know what's going on and you're not really sure. So getting to hear from you is and hear sort of that on the back end is really awesome. So uh, now uh, let's talk about the tour. Uh, you come alive on stage. I think when the lights hit, you don't have an option. You It's, it's all go. So uh, how has the tour been so far? I talked to Brett Young. He said a few hot days on the tour so far. Yeah, it's been great overall. We've been having an absolute blast, uh, but we have had some we've had some hot some hot nights for sure, uh, especially this couple weeks ago down south. Uh, but we've been having a lot of fun. I think um, we figured out how to tour after all these years. You know, when it comes to keeping the quality of life up, you know how much sleep to get, you know, exercise here here and there, and and uh, just how to socialize, how to create a community backstage. You know, because that goes a long way. So um we i think we've gotten gotten pretty good at it over the years so this summer has been uh easy and just an absolute blast but as far as being on stage and performing that that is a lot of fun i think um that's one of our go go to's it's just if nothing else you know we we get up there and, and we're gonna have fun and hope that that's infectious and i think that's a big part of our show yeah the uh my my other question about the tour i guess is the are you ready for the texas heat because because the texas heat's ready for you <laughs> yeah i know about the texas heat we've we've come through in some in some sticky parts of the summer before but uh you know growing up in the south i'm i'm, I'm pretty heat resistant uh <laughs> and we've uh we've got our legs under us now after a month of being out on the road we've had a few really warm nights so um How long well, yeah is we're ready set? for it uh, we're, it's about an hour and a half, a little less than an hour and a half, something like that. We're usually, we're usually curfews cut is about an hour and a half from when we start. So we try to wrap it somewhere close to that. I love it, man. Now, um, real quick, another question just about this is my, you know, I, I'm curious if you would support phoneless concerts. I would support it, but I, I'm not a huge fan of, you know, uh, confiscating people's <laughs> property, you know, going sure. into a concert. So I, um, I, I wouldn't want to necessarily start telling people what to do but um uh, you know i, I can I, I i i'd be up for promoting that but at the same time you know it's, it's one of those things live and let live is kind of the way i approach life in general so um i'm not gonna come down too hard on that well sam i appreciate you taking the time man um i i can't wait to see you at the show uh, it's in two weeks here the woodlands I, I, again i just i'm just really glad i got to finally get to talk to you man it's, it's been an honor yeah man I appreciate your support over the years, man, and uh, it's good to talk to you, too. Yes, sir. We'll see you when you get to Houston. All right, brother. See you soon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. 
and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.